Hello and welcome to the Stories of Northern Life by the Sault Ste. Marie Museum. There are many famous people who lived and are living in Sault Ste. Marie, many of whom have also appeared in this podcast. People like Roberta Bondar and Paul Kane are fairly well known in this category, but one person you may not know off by heart is Joseph Ladrout. Rather than being a politician, astronaut, or explorer, he was a professional singer, and a very talented one at that. This episode was not written by me today, it was written by a research assistant, Justin Brett. So let's get into it. Born in Sault Ste. Marie, Joseph seemed to have led a normal life as a young boy, becoming one of many choir singers at his local church at the age of five. This might have ended up being just a short chapter of his life, if not for a twist of fate. As it so happens, a man named Arthur S. Somers, a Brooklyn educator in singing, happened to be at Sacred Hearts Church on that day on invitation. He meant to sing himself, but claims to have been so overwhelmed by Joseph's soprano voice, which he likened to an angel's, so he was unable to sing. Zomer spoke with Joseph's mother and was able to convince her to bring her son to New York to take lessons from him. He would not be the first to teach Joseph in this field, as Joseph's father had been taking him across the river to be tutored in the States for some time. Joseph had even won a gold medal in a competition with 37 other sopranos before meeting Somers. By all accounts, Joseph's early career in a national eye was a very successful one. He sang in large cities including New York and Chicago, becoming known, however incorrectly, as America's greatest boy soprano. Throughout it all, he kept a humble, friendly demeanor about him, charming many. Yet, through his tour, there was always a question. What would the future hold for Joseph? Boy soprano is a term for a good reason. It's only possible to sing in that tone as a boy, since vocal cords inevitably change as people grow older. It is possible to sing well as both a boy and a man, of course. But tenor singing is obviously much different and there was no guarantee Joseph would be as naturally gifted with that tone. He was not premonistic on the topic, noting that the Lord has given me this voice and he can take it away from me. And he even trained himself in organ playing for that eventually. When that time did come, however, Joseph's soprano voice was indeed replaced with a fine tenor one by which point the young man had realized his calling truly was music. He would go on to use his new voice to appear in several operas, among them Carmen and Peter Grimes. He was not always the star of these, but his voice was routinely praised. As he grew in this field, Joseph began to cultivate a deeper appreciation for what went into the singing and music. An an opera, after all, is the combination of both music and story, and the lyrics are a crucial part of that combination. 
After forming a chorus of his own, the Harford Choral Society, Joseph instructed those who were part of it to study the words sung in the operas and offer their own interpretations of what meaning they held. He also held the belief that a singer should be motivated by serving the author's intentions and making their word their work seemed appealing, rather than simply trying to sound good themselves. Despite all of his fame and titles, Joseph never lost sight of the place he had originally come from. As a boy, he mentioned disliking when people said he came from a small French-Canadian town, describing Sault Ste. Marie's strong points, and saying its church was among the most beautiful in Canada. Given he held such pride on our city, it's only fair we hold some for him in return. No? Thanks for listening, and come back again next week for another episode of the Stories of Northern Life.